Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Scott Brewer. Welcome back to Gym Lords Podcast, where we interview real gym owners. Maybe these guys are in the trenches. They're discovering more about their business and really just building their business knowledge as a whole. Today, my guest is Susan Larkham from Manchester, New Hampshire. She is the owner of Bellamy Fitness. Susan, say hello to Gym Lord Nation and give us that 30-second elevator pitch about your business and where it is today. Hi, my name is, is actually Suzanne. <laughs> and um, and Bellamy Fitness is my little brainchild. It is a group fitness center encompassing multiple formats and classes. And it caters to um, people that have started in, in fitness or they're advanced in fitness or they're kind of tapering down. We have um, everything that is very yoga-like and zen um, to very high-intensity interval workouts. Copy that. Love it. It's all happening in a group setting. Could you elaborate for the audience? Like, it does sound like you've put together these multiple services that provide very different feelings or very different results for your clientele. So it's almost this wide spectrum of services can you elaborate on what you're trying to accomplish? Why you've constructed it that way? I, I really wanted to create um, a one-stop shop for mm -hmm. fitness within my community instead of, um, and so it, 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 we don't have equipment, but we have this giant room. It's over 2000 square feet, top of the line sound system. And whether you're just starting off and, you're a young adult that's trying to like, that used to do sports or gymnastics or mm -hmm. dance competitions all the way through. And then it's kind of like you get to be an adult and you're like, well, well now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And um, we have had clients at our facility that have been um, there for 20, 30 years. And so it's kind of like their start of their fitness and, and then once they hit that, it's a maintenance and it's, and it's your community and it's not um, a six week, you know, weight loss program. It's, we're going to get you started. We're going to be here and we are going to take you all along the way. Gotcha. Okay, sweet. And you had just mentioned that you don't have equipment. So are you guys doing strength and conditioning or any type of fitness, you know, related services, or is it really just a free, you know, class setting that's involved, you know, body movement and cardio? We do have, um, prior to COVID, yeah. um, we have hand weights, um, resistance tubes, um, resistance bands, and yeah. like resistance balls. Um, so we do use light equipment okay. and, um, and then some of the new formats that we've been bringing in, um, focus more on, um, body mechanics and isometric and isotonic exercises. And so there's less equipment, um, and especially in this COVID shared equipment, 
not such a good idea. Um, it's really been the right move at the right time. Okay, so then you're more so just like um, weight loss and also providing some form of, you know, a healthy lifestyle of, of feel results? Well, and cardio, um, you know, heart health and, um, and movement and flexibility, balance. Um, as, um, as we age, we lose our balance if we're, if we're not actively working toward keeping that. Right. Copy that. And let me ask you this question, because it sounds like you have all these different services, right? And you wanted to be accommodating to not only a wide range of the marketplace, but also be a one-stop shop, so to speak, where, you know, if, if someone was paying, you know, to go to a yoga class outside of you, or to go to some, you know, dance class outside of you, they can just do that with you. So what has this done from a business perspective for you? Is it maximizing your revenues? Are you maximizing the market share? What does that look like? Um, we're just starting to garner interest. Um, and we used to be a one-stop shop, like a yoga only. And okay. if I kind of have always equivocated it to like Campbell's soup. <laughs> if they only had tomato soup, they're only going to attract the market that likes tomato soup. Right. But Campbell's didn't stick with tomato soup. They went with multiple things to accommodate and they constantly invent new soups to. And so that's kind of like my interest. I was just like, well, we'd be garnering more than half of 1% of the marketplace if we offered more things that had a broader appeal. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing that I think is really important is that your body does better when you switch things up. That, you know, it's just like if you work hard, you know, real hard one day and you do like a hit workout and you did a lot of legs and arms and you're going to feel it the next day, you shouldn't go back the next day and do the exact same thing. You right. should step back have a, a class of, for recovery and then the you know 48 hours later then go back to that you know hard hitting and so that way it's the best and you're going to get the best results for you know for your body love it and so let's let's take that concept and apply it in other areas of a business not just the the specialty classes that one could take in a group setting but what about a semi-private training session or even a one-on-one -on -one training session is this something that you are interested in developing or you even have at your current business we we have the capability of it um we have done some in the past um but it hasn't been our focus okay Got it. Um, but, you know, like we have like um, my facility has um, the 2000 square foot workout room, which is where most of the classes take place. But we do have a small like I think it's 550 square foot room that would be perfect for personal training, small group. Um, we have done some like teen yoga, um, some Pilates, like specialty, like six week 
um, intros um, in that room. So we do have that capability and it's one, one thing that I hope to expand on. Okay, sweet. And, and it does sound like you have the facility and the layout to execute on that. It's just like you said, probably before we walked in, this is probably a time for you to, you know, implement some new things into the business. It's almost like a reset for you. So you're looking into avenues of applying these concepts of maximizing revenues, maximizing production, maximizing services to attract more of the marketplace. You know, Correct. so you can continue to acquire more clients and market to more clients. Okay, sweet. And even to the average gym goer, and tell me if you disagree with me, but the average gym goer is more inclined to purchase products than they are services. So if in the spirit of talking about maximizing revenues, have you looked into products versus services? So like supplements, um, you know, pre-workouts, retail sales, uh, nutrition, coaching, stuff like that. We, um, in my previous iteration, um, as the franchise, we weren't allowed to sell supplements. Um, and so it has, it's not something that I'm, I'm well versed in. Um, I did sell clothing for a while, okay. um, which is, you know, there, there was a limited, uh, draw to it cause it's hard to compete with the big, you know, big box retailers. Um, but you know, people would sit and wait for the next class and they'd be like, wow, that, that warm up jacket, that, that could really, you know, <laughs> and, um, I'm interested in the, in the fashion and I wanted to like, you know, it, it's kind of in the back of my mind to kind of like, I wanted to create an inclusive sizing fitness business, but then like other people that were already in the business kind of came onto that and old Navy is going crazy with it. So I'll let them do it. Gotcha. Okay. So that is more of an outsource thing. Yes. And, um, and so I have done, you know, done like, um, had uh, some like, like Luna bars or Lara bars or stuff like that. Um, I definitely sell water and coffee. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's get, let's get tactical. Let's get into the nitty and gritty. Yeah. Now that we got a good overlay of the business and it does sound like, um, it does sound like you have a, a really good concept of where you want to go and what some of the ideas are for you moving forward. So let's talk about how you attract members, right? Um, talk to me about your client acquisition process right now. Um, right now, we are kind of relying on social media and, and word of mouth. Um, <laughs> We have done, we have an arts newspaper in the area. Um, it's, you know, just local to, you know, Southern New Hampshire. And we have advertised with them quite a bit over the years. Um, but during COVID, you know, I, I stopped. Um, but moving into the new year, um, we're looking into, you know, doing some like, you know, collaborations with local businesses. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, maximizing since we specialize in like a dance fitness, um, we really want to um, kind of start doing like TikToks and um, nice. reels on Instagram. Sweet. And um, kind of, um, we just started a blog on our website. Um, mm -hmm. 
that's something that like my my instructors are interested in. Um, I have a student, um, two students that are nutritionists, and they said that they would contribute to the blog as well. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking at multiple different avenues. And you believe that this will be impactful to the business. Why? I think it will be impactful because I think it will reach a different market. Mm. Um, the, the franchise that I've owned for 24 years, um, it's a wonderful um, workout, but um, it, it wasn't pulling in the younger demographic. Gotcha. Okay. And in fitness, it's kind of like you, there's always a certain amount of attrition. Right. whether it's staff, whether it's students, um, you know, people take new jobs and new places and move away. And um, so you have to constantly be on the search for um, new people and um, fresh blood. And um, if you continue doing the same old thing, you're not going to attract that new clientele. And so it's just like, if we're searching out and um, already I've, I get a lot of um, hits from um, like our Google ad, like AdWords and like our Google, my business profile. Sure. And, um, you know, I did spend some money on like um, SEO. Mm -hmm. um, we created a, I created a website over a year ago and then, you know, had somebody um, kind of go through the ropes and teach me that it's like meta tagging is not enough. You want to like, you know, kind of search out what your SEO and what your target is and you want to niche it. And I was like, I was like, I want to like spread it out. And they're like, nope, you want to bring it, bring it in and see, and you can do different, um, different campaigns to try to like hit those different um, targets, but you want to kind of narrow it in and really understand what you're who you're trying to attract right so a couple questions there to unpack um okay. who are you referring to that's telling you these things about you know narrowing things down in terms of your messaging uh that was a consultant that one of my instructors found and um so um we were trying to come up with something new. It's just like, you know, I've, I've been kind of a chief cook and bottle washer and, and marketing, but like, I'm open to new ideas. It's just like, you know, this is what I've done, but I'm not one of those people that it's just like, well, this is what we've done. So this is what we're going to continue to do. Got it. Okay, sweet. And so, yeah, I was curious to ask that question because one of the best things that we can do, especially when we're more experienced and we understand our business and our business model and what would be good for it versus not good for it is just to go out and do our due diligence and research on a bunch of information. And then when we find what would be good and applicable for our model or our business, we can hone in on those things. And then if we come up on information that would be terrible for our business or probably wouldn't work, it's easy to just disregard it, right? So it sounds like right now you're almost in this position, especially as you kind of hit the reset button, you're currently in search and you're, you know, no idea is a bad idea. Just bring it on and let's look at all these different avenues. So from a perspective of, and you've already indicated like collaborating with businesses near you, 
but from a perspective of like due diligence, research, information gathering, what does that look like for you right now? What are you accomplishing? Um, what does that look like? I try to take different seminars online. I used to do a lot of um, local, like if they were talking about social media and, um, you know, and so it's, I, I try to search out that kind of thing. It's kind of like, you know, how often should you post? Mm -hmm. um, what thing, what kind of things should you post? Mm -hmm. um, what's your frequency, you know, how many, you know, on, on Instagram, like how many stories you should do per day versus reels versus um, IGTV. And, um, mm -hmm. and so it's a, it's a constant like learning curve. And, you know, so it, it's, it's something that I'm learning on the way and hopefully, um, you know, maybe if you interview me again, another year from now, I'll be like, this is what worked. This right. is awesome. What to you right now is sticking out the most in your due diligence? What is making the most sense or what is intriguing you the most as a business owner that could potentially be a home run? Well, just having a website again, um, we, I didn't have a website for since 2012. And without that static information that has everything, it has your, your schedule, your pricing, um, the way to buy, um, the description of what makes my business in my location unique in the marketplace. Got it. And uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, I think, um, you know, like I've already been like, I think the other thing too is that I like got rid of my business phone mm -hmm. and I have everything come to my cell phone. So okay. there's no leaving messages at, you know, at a location yeah. that it's too loud to answer the phone anyway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, um, and so I just have it go right to my, my cell phone. People can text me, people can call me. Um, my response is immediate, which is much better than going and like, you know, listening to the messages and. Got it. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I totally agree. Um, okay. So something that you said too, before we went into that was, okay. about, was about attrition. And you had said, like, look, there's a standard level of attrition that's going to occur, right? Whether that's your uh, employees or your clients, it's just what you have felt and experienced. So would you say that uh, a, a good way to paint a picture of your strategy is almost like, hey, look, our business is a bucket filled with water. And even though there may be some holes at the bottom of it where water is leaking, my strategy is going to be just effectively and consistently filling more water inside that bucket. Absolutely. Gotcha. Okay. Have you ever attempted to fill the holes that are at the bottom of the bucket? Do you feel like those holes can be filled with strategic actions taken inside of your business structure? Or is that just more of an acceptance right now? Um, I think um, part of my strategy is by bringing in other formats. 
Um, and then the other thing that I'm doing is that I am also creating my own format for um, the area that I find that is just nowhere to be found in the fitness market right now. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I've been working, I worked on the concept um, like 17 and 18 and um, and then really the um, the pandemic gave me the time to really choreograph, research, really define what I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that's another thing that I've been been working on. But um, the attrition, there will always be people that move away, you yeah. know, that that you can't do anything about. But then there were all also people that are coming in. So like you said, it's kind of like there's a couple of drips out. And um, I know that the quote that I've heard from uh my franchiser is that you're going to lose 10 percent of your staff every year mm -hmm. and i kind of took that as a challenge and that's just like i'm not gonna lose 10 percent of my staff <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> and you know and and some of the things that um you know it's kind of like i've taken the advice that i've been given and i've built off of that and so it's kind of like you know you should convert 60% of the people that walk through your door. Okay. Then if I if I do anything above 60, that's better. You know, or you know, retention of, you know, I think uh, overall like, you know, in the beginning like, you know, my retention was like 85%, you know, year to year and that's that's pretty um pretty amazing when you consider that people move in, people move out. Um but in the last few years, the thing that I've noticed the most is that people are leaving um, because like the doctors tell them that they shouldn't be working out at whatever, um, you know, that what they're doing is being counterproductive to their health. And I'm like, um, no. That's and that's probably why you want to get a younger clientele in, huh? That too. Yeah. That too. Um, and but I, but it's just like, you know, there's still like medical advice out there that is so archaic, but like, you know, a woman will come to me and she'd be like, oh, I'm pregnant. My doctor told me not to get my heart rate over 140. And I was like, you've been bouncing around for 10 years. You, you're fine. <laughs> you know, and I was like, you might want to talk to a different doctor. Right. And then the next doctor will be like, oh my gosh, you're so fit and in shape. It's fine. You know, and it's just like, but they, they just go by the book that they read in medical school that was published 15 years ago. And, you know, and, it, and it's, and it, I mean, fitness, medical stuff, it's constantly evolving. So you have to constantly change the narrative. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, there's, and, and you can probably make that same argument when it comes to acquiring new clients or marketing, the markets are always changing. There's trends that are occurring. There's messaging that needs to be changed because maybe something that worked a year ago or six months ago isn't necessarily gonna be proven to have success today. So as you continue to do your due diligence on, on some of these things and kind of chase what these things look like right now, do you feel like that's almost becoming a barrier 
for the growth of the business or you're even missing out on you know some potential revenues that you could be gaining if you were doing exactly what you had to be doing today? Um, I don't quite know where that, I kind of lost the question in that. Yeah, so, uh, so I'm asking this because it sounds like you're doing a lot of work to acquire information to figure out, okay, what am I going to be most effective in when it comes to acquiring clients, right? But there is this thing where in the marketplace, these trends are occurring what's working today might not have been what worked six months ago or a year ago, and that can continue to probably show its face. So my question was, you know, as you continue to do your research, do your due diligence and pursue this information kind of behind the eight ball a little bit here, do you feel like you're missing out on revenues or it's potentially becoming a barrier to the business to have to figure these things out on your own? you know, if and when these things might change when you've certainly, you've suddenly figured them out. Um, that, I do feel like I am behind the eight ball, like um, I'm not where I wanna be. Um, and that really was what got the ball started even before COVID and then like COVID like kind of pushed my, pushed me right out the door. Um, and then it was, this is what we need to do to survive. Uh -huh. We've made it this far. Um, so now it's kind of like, okay, we've survived. Now what could we do to thrive? Right. And I think like what you were saying is, has been one of my um, challenges is to constantly change the message to the market. Right. And um, I, I, um, I remember having a conversation with um, my franchisor at one point in time. And I said, I don't, they would do a three-year marketing campaign. And so I was just like, and basically you got all these materials and that's what you used for three years. Right. And I was just like, I don't have three years to determine whether my business is going to attract customers or fail. You don't have I don't have three weeks. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and um, and I said, if I run an ad for two weeks and it brings nobody in, I'm never running it again. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was just like, you know, and because of my art background and because I had worked for a small company doing some marketing and it was just like, I like the nimbleness of be like, you know what, that didn't hit. Okay, mm -hmm. move on. Sure. Don't take it personally. Yeah. It didn't hit. Right. And um, and so that's probably going to be, um, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we'll we'll start, we'll, you know, we'll do a little bit over here, and mm -hmm. and it's going to be, you know, if it doesn't hit, then you 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 move on to the next thing. Yeah, totally. I told I like that a lot. Yeah, kind of uh, investing little by little seeing what works, seeing where the ROI is coming, and then focusing more in those areas until, you know, so like tracking and measuring, I'm sure are, are pretty important then when you are doing some beta testing in these areas. Oh, absolutely. Right. And, um, you know, like I've always done, I've always tried to be like, a, you know, really 
um, have that small owner, um, small business owner in my community. I've always tried to like reach out to like the t-shirt guy that's okay. local, you know, and it's kind of like, I would love to make shirts for the parade. You know, I would love to give you my business. What can we do to work together? Yeah. And that way I, you know, I'd save a ton on shipping and I would support a local business. Yeah. Totally. And I think that that makes me a, you know, you know, um, a community player. And I think that that's really important is your community. And, you know, I'm not going to garner a customer that's, you know, a hundred or a thousand miles away. Yeah, yeah. Unless, you know, like, you know, you know, with this whole new like streaming thing, that's, that's a whole new market that, you know, is yet to be tapped. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's the, you know, sponsoring kids baseball games. Mm -hmm. So that my name is, um, every time they go to a little league game, it's on like a billboards, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's $200 for that versus trying to do a commercial on cable that's not that you know it's bad money after good yeah yeah absolutely i think cable is dead yeah <laughs> everyone's streaming um yeah and it doesn't sound like you're shy to joint venture opportunities right you're no i love a collaboration love the collaboration there's no competition and we here at jim lord's nation definitely supports that that's why we're here in the first place so i absolutely love the philosophy Love the mindset behind what you're doing. Keep it up. Where can our listeners find you online, my dear? Uh, BellamyFitness.com. And that's Bellamy is spelled with an I, B-E-L-L-A-M-I. What about on your different social media channels like Facebook, social media, TikTok? Uh, Same place, Bellamy Fitness. Um, By the misspelling, I was able to grab everything, the website, the, (laughs) the social media. Um, so Facebook, Bellamy Fitness, um, Instagram, Bellamy Fitness. Awesome. Bellamy nice Fitness. Say again. Um, it is. It's like, and um, I came with the name because Bellamy means beautiful friend. Uh-huh. And that's really important to us. I like it. I like it a lot. Very cool. All right, Suzanne. Thank you very much. Bellamy Fitness, Jim Lord Nation. Go check her out. I know I speak for a... Uh, our entire community, Suzanne, when I say it's been an absolute pleasure having you today. So thank you for joining us and giving us that small glimpse into your business. Uh, Thank you for having me and I would love to come back. We'd love to have you back. Jim Lord Nation, thank you guys once again for tuning in to another episode of Jim Lord's podcast. If you like what Suzanne and I had to say, do not forget smash that subscribe button below in order to be notified of our next episode. Until then, guys, take care, and we will see you next time. Jim Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview.
What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Megan from Burn Bootcamp in Georgia. What's up, Megan? How are you today? What is up? Thanks for having me. Of course. Excited to have you here. All right, let's jump into the details. What is it that made you want to own and run your own facility? Um, gosh, so... You know, it's always been like a dream of mine. Well, actually, I'll take that back. It's not always been a dream of mine to be an entrepreneur or a business owner. It's always just been a passion of mine to help others feel empowered and, um, you know, help lead the way of health and fitness, no matter what level you're at in your life. And, you know, honestly, this whole, that being a business owner of a gym kind of fell into my lap. Um, I was asked. To be a business owner. And as uh, being a personal trainer for the past five years, um, I was like, you know what? I have been asked to be, I put people out of their comfort zones all the time. This is going to completely put, uh, uh, get me out of mine. And people have supported me and people, you know, tell me that, you know, I can do it. And so here I am <laughs> being a, a business owner of a gym. All right. <laughs> so it kind of uh, happened to fall in your lap essentially and yeah. it it just kind of just kind of happened it wasn't necessarily always in the plan but it's mm -hmm. just kind of the way that things worked out all right so within your business what does the business model look like how are things structured are you doing group classes one-on-one semi-privates how does that work so Burn Boot Camp, we kind of pride ourselves on this thing called personal training in a group setting. We have camps. Um, they are 45 minutes long. We have three strength days, like resistance training days a week, and then three kind of like uh, conditioning days a week. And so it's a good mixture of resistance training and then mix with a little cardio, Metcon, conditioning, and they're 45 minutes. They are unlimited. We have all fitness levels in there. I have trained people that, you know, are pregnant. I worked out when I was pregnant at this franchise. Um, I had a member who was a paraplegic in a wheelchair, all, you know, people who've never worked out before, people who have been college athletes. So burn boot, burn boot camp is kind of just for those who just want to, you know, empower themselves in health and fitness with a little bit longevity tied to it. We teach a lot of like nutrition, um, and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So all levels basically within yes. the class can be accommodated. So that's always helpful. So how many members are you currently serving within the facility? Um, 150. 150. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as far as getting new people in the door or attracting attention, <laughs> uh, from potential clients, how are you going about doing that? Is it through word of mouth or referrals, or are you doing any type of paid advertising through like Facebook, Instagram, Google? How does that look? So right now um, it's been kind of word of mouth. And um, with this being a resale, me taking this gym over from someone else, um, I guess a good thing is she didn't do a lot of marketing or advertising on her part. She decided not to, you know, spend those dollars mm -hmm. 
um, which is great for me because when people come in the door, you know, they'll know it as owned by myself and it's kind of like brand new to them. So we've thrown some money at Facebook ads, which do great. If you're a gym owner, video ads are amazing. They work great. People love to see the hyper focus. And so if they see me on a video, they want to recognize people. So they'll see me coming in the door. They want to see people they're actually going to see when they grow in the gym. Word of mouth is really great. We have a member's referral program. So if a member refers um, a friend, they get half off their next month's membership. So we have that going for us. And of course, we want people to always work out with their friends um, we've gotten out in the community in, uh, this past October, um, I did a warm up for a 5k, we held booths there, um, you know, trying to tap into that community as much as possible, but Facebook ads, um, have been great. Of course that pushed Instagram and everyone's on Instagram, um, Google reviews and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Facebook ads are huge for sure. And I like what you said about, uh, you know, having people that you recognize in the videos or that the the people, the potential clients will recognize. So I used to always do that as well. Like the ads would always be me and then people would walk in the door and they're like, oh, you're the person from the video. It's like a level of comfort. Exactly. Like when yes. I finally get in there, I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Megan. They're like, oh, I've seen you on Instagram. I'm like, yeah. okay. It's like, they already kind of know you. So like, you know, any advice I can give to a gym owner, you know, or a trainer is get in front of the camera as much as possible. Let people see you, let people, you know, get to know you and it'll make them feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Step foot in the gym. Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, recognizing you from that. And a lot, cause a lot of times like gyms or ads just in general, aren't actually photos of like the actual facility or videos yes. in the actual facility. Or people on so, those fitness levels or exactly. whatever. Yeah. Like and I, do that, that girl's doing crazy burpees and right. you know, hitting every part of that audience. Yes, absolutely. And the organic stuff does the best. Like sometimes, you know, even if it's just like a photo of one of the actual classes that you're teaching or a small video clip of somebody in one of the classes that does so much better than some of the, you know, everybody always wants to put out like the best looking content and, you know, yeah. like you said, like somebody like person or right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody like crushing burpees or something, but that doesn't do well. It doesn't translate well because it kind of like scares people off, you Absolutely. know, whereas like, yeah. Yeah, if they can, if they see somebody that is real and that they can relate to, then they're far more likely to click on that ad and actually come in the door um, than, you know, something that intimidates them. So sure. that's a really, really good tip. Just uh, organic videos for mm -hmm. Facebook ads. They definitely go a long way. Um, so as far as growth goes within the business over the next six months to a year or so, what specifically are you focused on uh, within the business with, with growth in mind? So we like, we like to have like, I like to have like six, 30 day goals, 60 day goals, 90 day goals, just to start small for myself. So um, my goal right now for the next 30 to 60 days, especially coming in the year is just retention. Um, you know, at the end of the year, depending, a lot of people start the fitness journeys, you know, we like to say in January. And so coming up on 12 month contracts and stuff like that, you know, it's all about retention. Like, what are we doing to keep these people renewing? What are these people doing to keep these people coming back in our door? You know, people lose motivation, people lose 
all those things. So what am I doing within my community elect to focus on those people? You know, a lot of times, you know, <clears throat> business owners or gyms and trainers focus on getting all the new people in. Let's get the new people and new people in. But what about the people that are coming in your door every day, busting their butt? You know, what are you doing for them? And so my goal, the next 60 days in the month is retention, re-sign, do you want to stay here? Resign at this rate. What can we do for you? What have we done for you? What goals have you hit? What goals do you still have for this next year of your fitness journey? Um, so in the 60 days, that's number one is just retention, keeping them there, you know, showing them that value. Um, the next 60 days also is, you know, getting people ahead of the holidays. I always tell yes. people don't be average. And so, um, you know, the average person starts in January, why you got to be average. So, you know, pushing those referrals, giving back, you know, we have these promotions like the holidays, Thanksgiving, giving gifts, you know, giving the gift of fitness. And so retention is my goal right now. And then, you know, in January, hit it hard with everyone who is ready to, you know, start that fitness journey. And then in 90 days, my goal is to take my membership, you know, trying to hit that 200 mark and within a year hit that 300. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, retention is huge. That's the the foundation of your business. You know, right. you have to have those, that main base of clients that you have that, you know, really want to be there that you can build off of. And so as far as your membership goes, is it a 12 month agreement, a six month agreement? How do you work things so as far as we, your membership goes? We do paid in fulls. And so you can pay for six month paid in full or 12 month paid in full. And a lot of people like that. It's like a good bang for your buck. Yes. And a lot of people like that it's accountability. Like, well, I've already paid for this. So might as well get my butt in the gym. Absolutely. And then we have six month we have six month, 12 month and 18 month contracts. Um, and that includes all of our things. Like we have unlimited camps, we have free childcare. Um, we have universal membership. So it's kind of like a box gym to where, you know, Georgia's very saturated in a great way with this franchise. And so let's say you get stuck in the city, you can go to that burn. You're traveling to Florida, you can go to that burn for free. Same protocol, everyone's doing arm day on the same day mm -hmm. um and then we also have like teacher military and nurse rates which are really great you know giving back to the community for them we have college rates for like three months and then we also have like a drop-in rate but a little bit more on the expensive side okay, okay. yeah absolutely i love the the paid in full option is always great do you do like a 20 percent discount or like two mm -hmm. months free or like something like yeah, that so paid in full is usually already have like 10 to 20 percent off knocked off of that 12 months yes mm -hmm. absolutely good incentive and like you said it's oh, also yeah. uh good incentive for people to get in the door because they've already paid for it so absolutely you know. well well you know we do incentive incentives every once in a while like your first month's 99 dollars nutrition bundles you know 20 percent off retail when you sign or you know we have we have a lot of nutrition um you know like we have pre-workout and post-workout we just got protein bars and so incentivizing them with you know the brand the brand itself yeah absolutely so now, growing to that 300 member mark, what is the plan to get there? Um, plan, honestly, just pour into the membership base mm -hmm. and um, I guess just show them value. I always think, I always um, kind of say this for gyms, like for a gym, people are your product. You know, people think it's the work. I mean, 
mean, the workout, yes, what they pay for, but the people are your product and showing them value and like, what are they get out, getting out of it? Um, and so my goal to get to 300 is to pour into these people for their mental and physical health, show them what they can do, show them what they've never been able to have done, empower them on the floor as a trainer. Um, you know, the coolest thing a trainer is like seeing people get push-ups on their toes for the first time, being able to do an unassisted pull-up. I've taught people how to jump. I've taught women at the age of 50 how to jump rope for the first time and just like yeah. seeing their faces light up. So like letting people recognize that empowerment, um, you know, for the end of, um, for the beginning of the year on the, the business side, you know, hiring a marketing, hiring a marketing team to run my ads for me, um, you know, putting, pushing a little bit of revenue, um, I think is worth it for the beginning of the year. Just, you know, I can't do everything. I'm super new to, I didn't even know how to run a Facebook ad when I started, um, right. you know, let alone, you know, right. it's one of those things. So, you know, getting on my feet for the first couple of months, I'm like, okay, I think, you know, looking into finances, I've learned how to save the business a little bit of money here and there, um, you know, like not keeping the fans mm -hmm. on all day, like turn the lights off, like just little things like that. Right. Um, and so the beginning of the year, we're going to throw, um, a little bit at a company that, you know, fortunately Burn Boot Camp works with that partners with to help us out, run mm -hmm. some ads. They know the brand. Mm -hmm. So they, they have great, they're great with verbiage. They know what works, what doesn't work. Um, they're really good at audiences. And so I think that'll be a game changer for us starting the new year with Absolutely. getting people in the and just honestly getting our name out there. Yeah. So 100%. my goal is just, you know, revamp the advertising, the marketing, since our name wasn't out there at the beginning, you know, to help get to that number. And honestly, just get into the community a little bit more this upcoming year um, and start, you know, challenging people a little bit more. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of times people shy away from the paid advertising because like you said, it's like, you didn't know how to run a Facebook ad. Not a lot of people yeah. know how to run a Facebook ad. You know, it takes time and you have to learn the process and, and there's a lot to it. You know, you have to make sure that your targeting is on point and that the links are all working. You know, there's no broken links and mm -hmm. uh, your funnel is set up correctly. Yeah, integrations. Yeah. Right. Like there's, there are a lot of things that you need to, to focus on and to learn how to do. And it can be really hard when you're doing everything else as well. So I think a lot of times people are just like, eh, like, never mind. I'll just rely on the organic stuff. And right. which yes, is and, that was, and I don't want to do that anymore. You know, there's, yes. there's a need for it. Absolutely. A need for yeah. It. Right. Right. Which is great. The, the organic stuff is always good, but it's not something that you can really track. You know, it's not something you can really rely on. Um, there's no way to really tell that you're going to get X amount of new members per month, you know, whereas when you get into paid advertising, you can say, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars, that should yeah. translate to X amount of leads. And then we're going to convert X amount of members from that. So it becomes something that you can right. track more. Yeah, it helps then, with the numbers game for, from Right. Yeah. And then, you know, you can generate revenue to pay for those ads and then It'll pay for itself. Know, exactly. Keep it going. Yes. Essentially. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a super useful tool, especially as far as growth goes and getting to that next level. It's, it's a necessary thing for sure. Well, and, and I think a lot of owners like think like, gosh, I got to spend, you know, a thousand dollars, $3,000 in marketing this month. But, you know, as you said, like, looking at traction numbers, like looking at the long-term goal, okay, well, I'm spending 
3000 on advertising, let's say I'm doing a promotion, you know, four weeks for six, $9, get 70 people in the door or whatever the math is, it mm -hmm. pays for itself. And then the conversion right. is, you know, that's what comes to you when they walk in the door. Exactly. Yeah. And that was something that always used to come up, you know, it was like when, when I was in a facility, it was like, we were spending $10,000 on ads every month and every that just like blew people's minds they're like there's right. no way you know there's no way that i can do that and it's like okay but you know what we're taking in you know we're we're making a hundred thousand dollars a month so would you trade right. ten thousand dollars to absolutely yeah i mean it's scary at first to think about yes. that because it's kind of just like an unknown but right you know so the hard work i mean that's the easy work to me the hard work comes is when they come in the door can you keep yes. them can you show them value can you give them what they need and what they want right and, you know so believing in your product enough to where you know it's you to be okay with putting that ad money out there um you know for that you know long-term goal of right. the membership revenue Yes, of course. And obviously you can start smaller than that. You don't have to go all in $10,000 right off the bat. But, you know, and with that being said too, when they walk in the door, that's another aspect of it that you have to get really good at. So a lot of times people right. like to kind of overlook the fact that sales is a necessary piece of the business as well. People don't like to sell things or, you know, they- It is very necessary. Yes. yes. I've just, learned that. Yes, absolutely. A lot of people will just identify as not being good at sales. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not good at sales. But then when you think about it, it's like, okay, well, you know, how much time have you spent learning yeah. sales? How many sales, how much sales training have you had? And people yeah. are like, well, none. And it's like, okay, well, you know, how do you expect to be good at sales? Um, and you have right. to just keep in mind that, you know, you are selling a service to these people and this is what's going to actually help them change their lives, you know, live a better life, right. live a healthier life, lose the weight they're trying to lose, get off the medications that they're trying to get off, you know, whatever it might be. And, um, I think the, the word itself sales just kind of, it is kind of scary. I held, um, a meeting we cut with my BAs or the, my girls who were at the desk, we did some role playing mm -hmm. and talked about like key words and, yes. you know, not asking them when they like share a price sheet, not like which one or not a yes or no question, like which one will work for you? If not this one, which one, you know, like not giving the option, you know, and coming from, I was trying to teach my train. Cause like, I feel like I wasn't, I've never been in sales, but you know, I love it. You know, I started as a member at this gym. And so, yeah. you know, the product worked for me and I found value in myself as a wife, a mom and found that value. And so genuinely, like, you know, selling genuinely kind of just came to me because telling people my story, you know, teaching my trainers, cause we have these things called focus meetings where we talk about nutrition, we weigh you, we measure you, do body fat, give goal guidance, and you know, giving cliffhangers to make them come back to those meetings. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, one and done, I got my weight, I'm good. But you know, what keeps them bringing back? What's this cliffhanger? What can you do for them? What value can you show for them? And you know, working with you know my staff on believing in the product. I was, we had a nutrition, we had a protein week uh, last week. Had our we had our biggest nutrition sales. To, since the gym's been open, which has been great for my team. Absolutely. You know, just believing and I asked them, you know, and like educating your teams, I got a medium asking them to say, I want you to tell me what makes our protein powder different than everyone else. Like, mm -hmm. you know, because sales is just, you know, knowing your product and knowing, you know, my team should know our prices off the bat without, without 
without having to read them off a piece of paper. And right. so I found a lot of value in, you know, having my team just educated and almost, you know, it sounds when they do do their sales, it's, uh, it, you know, comes off more genuine mm -hmm. and they don't come off, you know, pitchy and clumsy. Um, and the cool thing about most of my staff is they were all members. They've been in this brand, you know, starting as a fitness journey. So they do value and they do believe in the brand and it is genuine to them. So I feel like, you know, that the sales, yes, they don't have to be too great at it because, you know, their faces and just them being a part of the brand kind of sells itself. And that's like yeah. a huge huge thing for you know any burn boot camps around most of their employees end up being people who are members like oh, I want to be a part of this brand so let me work here and do this because it's changed my life right yeah absolutely I mean at the end of the day sales is a transference of belief right mm -hmm. so if you believe in whatever it is that you're selling it gets really easy to do absolutely you know? and yeah. that was something that I it's experienced myself it was like it was so easy for me to sell what I was selling because I knew how effective it was it it was the workout that I was doing on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then I also saw thousands of people change their lives completely through the program. So it was like, right. It's a no brainer, you know, like, why so, wouldn't you want this? You know, right. if my membership's a million dollars, hell yeah, I'm going to sell it because right. look at the value spot for me, no matter what the price tag. Is. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes too, uh, you know, just keeping in mind that people are coming to you for a solution. You know, mm -hmm. they walk in the door with a problem and you have the solution and maintaining that like authoritative figure can be hard sometimes too, because right. you know, yeah. it's, it's just at first, it's just, it's, it's hard to get used to kind of at first, it's yeah. uncomfortable at first, yeah. but you know, just keeping in mind that everybody that walks in the door walks in the door for a reason, mm -hmm. you know, you just have to figure out what that reason is and then give them the solution. Right. And we always say the hardest part for them is walking through the door because what we talked about is intimidation. So, you know, after they get done with the work, I always like tell them like the hardest part is over. Like you yeah. actually walk through the doors, you know, and people right. always like, like, how'd you hear about us? Like, well, I drive by every day, <laughs> you know, like that one day they decided to walk in. And so, you know, making them feel that empowerment and making them feel just like good about what they're doing, no matter where they're at, at their fitness journey or what level they're at. Right. Yes, absolutely. That's huge. Making people feel comfortable and making them want to keep coming. Because like you said, the hardest part is actually getting in the door. Once you're in the door, they don't have to worry about what they're doing. You know, you're going to tell them what to do right, and walk right. them through everything and uh, motivate them to keep going. So it's just mm -hmm. getting there. That's the main thing. So yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, so I know that you're, you're still kind of new in, in just taking over this business and whatnot. But I'm sure that, like you said, before we jumped on the podcast itself, it's almost like you've been like drinking from a fire hose initially. <laughs> so <laughs> a better word. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that you've learned a lot in a very short oh. period of time. Most so, humbling experience. Oh, ever. yes. And um, I feel like I've owned this gym for years. Yeah. I feel like I've owned it for years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if you could provide a piece of advice for somebody who is either, you know, thinking about taking over a gym or thinking about opening a gym, opening their own facility, you know, what would that be? I know this is super cliche, but Rome was not built in a day. Mm -hmm. um, and 
meaning that you have like when you start a business you have you know you get all your excel spreadsheets processes procedures everything ready and you know i i want and like i had to think about this long and hard and it took a month being in to think about this you know what is your plan so i wouldn't and failure failure is a kind of a harsh word but i'm going to use that word so like am i technically failing right now in my eyes yes because i have not hit some goals i have mm -hmm. failed on some goals and so what are you going to do with that failure you know do you write it or do you look at it take it and look at that next step um so that's been an eye opener for me so i'm just if so my biggest advice is rome was not built today if something does not work how do you react it's all about reacting to you know i've had every worst case scenario that was going to happen to me in this business has happened was i prepared for that heck no right. and has it torn me down i cried a lot absolutely but i realized my reactions to these scenarios my reaction to these small failures was not helping and right. so having a plan for your reactions to these scenarios and if you don't have a plan, you know, read a book, podcast, you know, talking to a lot of your mentors will, will help. Don't try to do this by yourself. Definitely, Ask for yeah. help. Um, and just know it may feel like years put on your life, but you know, if you just keep believing yourself and not, you know, you, uh, you try, you're owning a business for a reason. You put yourself out of your comfort zone, keep your, you, your confidence got you out of that comfort zone. Your confidence has got to keep you, keep you there. And so yes. you might lose it time or two, but, you know, try not to lose yourself in that space because, you know, we're, you know, and, but some people don't have worst case scenarios, but if they do happen, it's just how you're going to react to them is what's going to bring you out. So I think that's Definitely. my biggest advice because my reactions have not been great. And, you know, what am I going to do is dig myself a hole? Hell no. I'm going to dig myself out of it. Maybe I'll be able to stare at a time, but. I'm going to dig, maybe not very fast, but it's going to happen. You know, right. being a business owner, entrepreneur, it's like, I have, you know, there's no other option but to succeed, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, exactly. Kind of how I look at it. Right. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, being open-minded too, and not getting too stuck in the way that you think things should play out is huge too, because, right. you know, you're always hit with so many shocking things you know that you would never expect and those things are really hard to plan for because you never really expect certain things to happen and then they do and you know and you just have to be open open-minded and willing right. to adapt if necessary I think yes and let important. people help you just know yes. like the same people that supported you to buy this business to go that step to be the owner let them help you you know i was not asking for help and i was like okay like what am i going to do no like what are we going to do all these people that backed me in the first place you know that right. said you know how people always say like my friend always says you know i'll pray for you but no like i'm for real gonna pray you know how people just say they're gonna yes. pray for you like when people right. say it they're like oh i'm here if you need me okay well yeah. are you because right now i do need you so yeah. being okay with asking for that help whether it be like you know hey will you go comment on this post and you know make people you know, excited or whatever. So right. just, you know, when people offer help, take it, 100% yes. take it. Yes, yes, that's a that's a great piece of advice too, not being afraid to ask for help because I think, you know, you just wanna handle everything yourself and, right. you know, make it look like you've got everything together, but yeah, you got your chest bowed out because you just, 
bought this business and you think you're doing it all you're by yourself, but I mean, maybe some people can, but you know, two, three teamwork makes the dream work. You know, it's just, it's one of those things that that phrase is never going to die because, you know, two heads are always better than one. Yes. Absolutely. I completely agree. All righty. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Um, listeners, you can find me. Um, I'm the owner of Burn Camp Swanee, Georgia on Instagram, or you can find me at Megan.Vineyard on Instagram. All righty. Awesome. All right. So Megan from Burn Camp in Georgia. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thanks, Bray. Of course. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Trevor Baxter, owner of One Gym Elkhorn out in Nebraska. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Doing what I love. Uh, I don't know if uh, if it gets better than this. So let's uh let's talk about you and you doing what you love and how you do it out there tell us about one gym how it came to be what you're all about yeah absolutely um one gym was originally our llc is still crossfit elkhorn so we opened our gym um back in march 2014 um i started as a personal trainer lifetime fitness i was there from 2012 2014 with the goal right away of starting my own crossfit gym so back in 2012, um, a lot of the gyms, there was only about six CrossFit gyms here in Omaha, all the way from the start of Omaha to the end of Omaha. So um, picked a location in, in Elkhorn, which is a, right next to Omaha in March 2014, and had about 30 clients that followed me from, from, my, from my personal training location and had a business partner actually co-own the gym. But um, we met up, met at that Lifetime Fitness and head on over and he wasn't working with us full time at the time. Um, it was just me from start to finish. Um, but yeah, it was CrossFit Elkhorn and um, I, I couldn't tell you the exact numbers, but within the first year, we were probably 50 to 75 members. Um, it was a uh, 2,400 square foot facility. Um, then we expanded to another bay, which brought us up to a 5,000 square foot facility um, was at that location for seven and a half years, um, left to that facility, 
and then moved to a new location, which is a 9,000 square foot building called uh, One Gym. And that's where we ended up rebranding and doing DBA as One Gym Alcorn. Um, we've been in this location since March of 2020, so no, 21. So it's been about eight months into this new location. Um, and then went from 230 members, jumped up to over 300 members um, being in this new location. So it's been really good, been really good. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that sounds like a, a nice bit of progress that um, I'm sure there's a lot of hard work, uh, some sacrifice behind it. Uh, before we get too much into that, the partner that you started with is still your partner currently? Yeah, absolutely. So that's worked out. The partnerships can go one of two ways, right? So same partner for going on almost eight years now? Yes. Awesome, awesome. Yes, and, he yeah. was, like I said, he worked... Um, he worked probably 18 months. When we first started our gym, I was part of a different mentoring program and they kept talking about opening up a CrossFit gym as like 18 months of Murph. And it's crazy how accurate it was because it was literally month 18 when I was finally to get my partner over with us full time. So those first 18 months, March, that it was crazy because I had my, my firstborn, Gracie's her name, she was born March 2nd and we opened our gym March 15th. <laughs> so those first 12 months was brutal, man. Just a lot of late nights, early mornings. Gracie wasn't sleeping, right? She was a baby doing that deal. But um, we just won. We couldn't afford two full-time coaches. Um, and also like it just allowed me to have time to develop a consistent structure and a routine with all the classes. And Justin, my business partner, he, he wasn't a CrossFit coach. He was just a, he was a youth football coach. He loved coaching, loved CrossFit. And we met um, at the same gym and that's where we wanted to do this together. So we are so different. That's why I think it's worked. Um, if you look at like, we've done Gallup Strength Finder. It's just a personality strengths, finding out what your top five natural strengths are. And it's pretty crazy. If you look at his top five and my top five, they're completely different. And then my bottom five and his bottom five, they, you know, we offset each other really well. So um, we both had the same goal in mind. And because we are so different, I think that's why it allowed us to, to get along and do this business together. Yeah, it was cool that you brought up the difference in personality uh, strength and things like that, because that was, that's going to be my natural question is, you know, did you find that the reason the partnership has worked for so long is because you aren't an overlapping skill set, which you find a lot. People are like, you're good at that. I'm good at that too. Let's do it. It's like, well, that that's sometimes works, but not often as well as having complementary skill set. So yeah. I wish we had him on today to, to talk about it, but we have you and I'm thankful. So where do you play into it? What's your primary role? Where do your strengths affect the business in, in kind of your day-to-day? -day? How does that work out? Yeah, I'm all about structure and routine. So I'm the guy that creates the systems, right? When it comes to budgeting, when it comes to the memberships, putting it into our software, which is our membership software, we use ZenPlanner. So I'm like really good at that. Um, my role at the beginning was once members came into the door, I made sure that they got into the right class, that they were followed up on a consistent basis because I had a three-week follow-up system prior to getting them to sign up. So I'm the guy that involves with structure, timeline, budgeting, really in the, in the garden, in the weeds, right? Doing a lot of the work. And my business partner, he's the 10,000 foot level guy. 
right? He's the big picture dreamer. He's the one that comes up with these ideas and he's very high in influencing. He's our really good relationship builder. So like, I don't do um, a very good job in the sense of going out there and talking to people, right? I'd rather be in the office getting stuff done besides like my coaching and things like that. You got to be on the floor and coaching, but I'm much more natural getting in, in the office and getting the work done. And he's really good about going around being social 10,000 foot level. We meet on a weekly basis. He's like, Hey man, I think we should do this. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's pump the brakes. We got to go A, B, C, D to get there. And he's like, I want to do Z first. And then I want to go to W, you know what I mean? So like he keeps me from thinking in the box all the time, he's outside the box. So with that combination, it's a pretty deadly combination. It works really well. Cool. Cool. That, that makes a lot of sense. And you can kind of, you call it yin and yang or whatever you want, Correct. the way that you can, you know, you can look at something and, and say, all right, that's cool. That's a great idea. I think people will love it. It'll be great for the gym. Let's figure out how we execute it in a way that, you know, doesn't give, doesn't give me anxiety, just right. see to my pants. And I, I'm sure vice versa, where you can say like, Hey, I think we should do one, two, three. And you may be like, well, that sounds good on paper, but not a whole lot of fun or like, let's throw, right. some, let's throw some personality at it or some energy Correct. or, you know, or, you know, whatever his, his spin on it is. So, I mean, that sounds like as probably as good of a match as you could have in a business like this. Uh, so definitely can see where that's, that's led to getting where you are. Uh, so I know you mentioned you started off the business with some type of coaching, some type of mentoring right off the bat when you, when you opened it. So were, were you in a, some sort of program before you, before you had member number one, you were kind of pre-researched, pre-bought into getting some type of coaching? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it was nine months. <laughs> The reason why I know is nine months because I had bounced. Yeah. Well, I bounced around the idea of starting a CrossFit gym. You know, I was, I already been to a previous global gym and I went to a new, a different global gym. Um, and my wife, her name's Sarah. She basically said to me one night, she's like, Trevor, you're never going to be really happy unless you just leave and start your own CrossFit gym, you know? And I, I believed her, but I just was too worried about making the risk or the confidence or whatever you may, or just the belief of like making it happen. And then she got pregnant. Oops. <laughs> and then she's like, Hey, if you're going to start this CrossFit gym, you have nine months to do it. And so that's when I just, you know, I, I got a credit card, shame on me, but got a credit card, sign up for a mentoring program. They're not the most cheap programs, but they're worth it because they give you the structure for the business plan, right. On, what are you going to do for your, for your memberships? How do you charge for your memberships? You know, just to help you create structure. And so I wanted to make sure my ducks and, and my T's were crossed and my eyes were dotted before moving on to that type of, that type of business. But I had already gained, I already had the coaching experience, the CrossFit experience, because I had been doing CrossFit for, I think when we started the gym, seven plus years, been coaching for seven plus years. So I felt confident and comfortable in that, but I wanted to make sure the business side of things was good. So reading different books, I can't remember the book, but it talked about, you have to have three types of people to run a business, right? I think it's like the, um, the, maybe I can't remember the three, but it had three different heads. And so I wanted to make sure we had those type of things involved prior to opening the door. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's great to have some sort of idea. I remember going back before. E-Myth. That's the book. Sorry. E-Myth. Yeah. E-Myth. Yeah. That's, that's the book. Yeah. That, that is, that's a great book. Um, I try to recommend that to everybody, except with the caveat of saying, don't be in as much of a hurry to get out of the business as the book may make it seem. There is a time for it. And I think that he, I think he's since recanted a little bit on how important that is to do quickly, but otherwise a fantastic book. Um, but I was doing the same thing to a degree. I was listening to podcasts. I was looking at different mentors and things like that, you know, back in, you know, this is like 2012, 13. And then yeah. I remember like the, I remember listening to guys like, um, you know, the barbell business guys or things like that, you know, whoever it was and just trying to, you know, my notebook of all different ideas. And then when it came time to buy a gym, I still thought I was unprepared, but at least felt like I had some information. And then I sought out the mentorship afterwards, but you know, four gyms later, I guess, you know, it's, it seems like it was a good idea. I don't know. Yeah. Well, so it still remain to be seen at, at some point in life. Cause I don't, I think there'll be more to come, but absolutely a, a, a good thing to do, especially, you know, if you, if you know that you think analytically and you like processes and yeah. you want to feel like you have structure in place, if you layer on somebody that's already done it and maybe it's not, doesn't mean it's the best way or perfect way, but it's something and apply that and look at it scientifically. You're so, so much further ahead in the game. So that's, that's pretty fantastic. You know, from there, I mean, you've, you've had a, you know, pretty, looks like a, I wouldn't, a steady rise where you build a, you kept building more clients, bigger space, more clients, bigger space. Now you're in this iteration and boom, like we're really, you know, some people may say not even post pandemic, but you moved to this new space in March and you're adding, you've added 30, 35% more clientele just since you've been there. Yes. Burning question is how did you do it? Yeah, no, I think the timing was huge, right? So March for Omaha was where we started to see a decrease in the COVID cases. And then we started to get um, a uh, release in the restrictions for Omaha area and towards that time frame. So I think timing was huge. Um, and also, I think um, the, the, the rebranding was big, you know, with CrossFit gyms, we saw new ownership. We saw a lot of different changes happening. And I think by switching it to one gym Oakhorn, it made the, our gym a little bit, maybe more relatable to people outside of uh, our CrossFit space. So when they see CrossFit Oakhorn, I think that was kind of a, a limiting factor for some people. Like they instantly think I can't do that. And so over the course of seven, eight years, we've actually remodeled a little bit or the programs that we offer. So CrossFit and personal training was the first thing we did those first shoot, I don't know, three and a half years. And then over the course of those, you know, three plus years, we started to add in a cardio program just for a retention tool, right? Instead of people leaving because they want to just do cardio, at least we have that little scratch. If someone has an itch, we can scratch that itch a little bit. Um, we've also, we've also added a, a sports performance program, um, personal training stuck around Then we have people that are like, Hey, I really would love to just lift weights. And so we added a weightlifting deal. So just over the course of those seven years, we just started to listen to our clients and figure out what our clients wanted and what the requests were. And we try to mold our business around those requests. 
So again, it was just growth and retention. That's all it was, growth and retention. So once we got to seven years, our space just was too small for us to really maximize those programs to the fullest. And so getting into the new location, we, um, we added another program called uh, OGX, which is our strength and conditioning program that kind of meets people in the middle, right? We got CrossFit in people's mind where it's just like the, in the holy grail, right? Where it's super, super intimidating. I can't do this. And then we had cardio, which is like the starting base for people. So we wanted to something to bridge the cap, the gap. We tried different programs called like couch to fitness, but that didn't really capture the right clientele because of um, what we're looking for, or at least the clientele that we had at the time. Um, and then this whole OGX has been really good where it's a strength and conditioning program and people feel less intimidated. And by getting it to one gym Elkhorn, they don't just eliminate them, our gym right away because they don't just see CrossFit. They see that we have other programs to at least get them started. Yeah, and it's very well laid out. I, you know, I checked out your website, very well put together. And an, an interesting thing is, you know, one of the big sales things that you hear a lot is like a confused mind doesn't buy. But your Correct. stuff isn't laid out with the different programs in a way that it makes it seem more like, well, I can go there and just not have to do any one of those things. So there's, there's probably something that's going to work for me. So yes, it opens the conversation. And I think even with the rebrand, a lot of times, you know, it's, you know, I find that CrossFit owners, it's not that they don't love CrossFit or they don't believe in the methodology or they even think that there's an issue with the name as much as just like, if it just can open one more conversation, right. That much more before somebody talks themselves out of even clicking on the website and having it right. It lets you help more people. So if that's what you got into the business for, which I, I have yet to meet a gym owner yet, who isn't here to help more people making a living at it is great. And, you know, being successful is, is really cool, but if you're not eliminating a good chunk of your audience just by a name, that isn't going to mean it's, it's not who you are, right? It's not the brand you've built. It's not what you represent. Then I think that if you fly with it and it works, you've just embraced it, you know, with the, the OG and kind of double connotation, right? Is pretty cool. And I'm sure like nobody doesn't hear OG and think it's cool, even if they don't know what yeah. that is, right? Yeah, totally. Oh. And we liked the one piece, right? Omaha, Nebraska. There's at least one gym or one program that's going to be a fit for you. We're one community, one, you know what I mean? We just loved the mixture. We had tried a couple different names and it just didn't work out. And when we, you know, came up with the one gym, we just thought that was it, you know? And I think it really, really fits well with our culture and with our, our, uh, our top five core values and what we're trying to accomplish as a staff with our members, I think it works really well. Absolutely. Yeah. So what does it look like for you? We'll call it in this iteration, um, mostly for the sake of time. So I want to know a lot about the stuff that you've done, but in this iteration with the rebrand, have you gone heavy on paid advertisement, paid marketing, or has everything just been organic social media, community events, or are you just, are you coming at it from both sides? Yeah. So in the first seven years, definitely community driven, organic parties, get togethers, free weeks, um, saying yes to every health 
uh, mark, not health market, but what are those like health career, health, you know, businesses will come in and they'll do like these little um, uh, corporation health deals where you're a a tent or something like that. So in the beginning, we had time to do all that stuff. Um, And then we got away from it a little bit because you just get so busy with all the coaching and things like that. Um, And then my business partner's wife, who does hair and also photos for um, businesses that she just takes amazing photos and she will put those photos on social media for you and create this little calendar outline for you. So Lindsay has been a huge help. She wasn't as involved with the, uh, the old space because of um, her schedule, but now her schedule is a little bit more flexible. So she'll come over and take amazing pictures of our members. And then she has this 30 day calendar outline for us on social media. We don't pay a bunch. We really don't. Um, maybe a little bit of Google ads here and there, or maybe some boosts on Facebook based off of what posts are being popular. But it's just tagging people and sharing, tagging people and sharing, tagging people and sharing, just the kind of like the old school way of how we did it on social media. Awesome. And that, I mean, it, it seems to be working for you, right? To the To the tune of about 70 or so new clients in the last if I do quick math, seven months or so, so 10 new clients a month. Um, as we wind down time-wise, I, w- I do want to hit the opposite side of that coin because we always talk about getting more members, adding more clients, but that number only goes up if you keep the people that come in, right? right. Otherwise, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of meeting new people. It's emotionally exhausting because everybody I've ever known in this business invests a lot of themselves in these people when they come in. So what are you doing on the tail end to keep people? How do you track it? What systems do you have in place? You're a systems guy. So I'm interested to know, you know, kind of what your process is there, what it looks like. Yeah. So um, Wednesday is my day that I do a bunch of follow-up stuff. So Zen Planner does a great job at making sure that one, um, I can see that people are coming in or not. So we do have a member, uh, uh, a list of people that have been missing for one plus week. So then I always go through that every single week and I reach out to the people that have been um, not showing up to class and try to do the best we can to get them in. And so um, that's one thing. The second thing is the old handwritten thank you cards, right? So every time they renew a membership, they get a thank you card. Every time someone drops a membership, they get a thank you card. Every single time someone refers a member, they get a thank you card with the $25 thank you gift card that they can use wherever. Um, at a hundred classes, once someone reaches a hundred classes, we give them a, uh, just a little coffee gift card of choice at a, a local coffee shop or somewhere popular. And then we do a little picture form that says, Hey, this person's reached a hundred classes. So that way we put them on the, the community page and give them a little shout out. So that way they win. Right. So we got to get our clients to win as much as possible because some of these workouts are hard and you can really feel like you're losing all the time. Right. So we want to make sure we feel like they're winning Um, at the six month mark. I'll do follow ups with people because usually around six months, you start to see some drop off, like whether they're either motivated, they're motivated big in the beginning. Right. They see progress, see progress, see progress in about months, six to eight things. Maybe they compare themselves to other men. Well, this person can do a pull-up, but I can't do a pull-up yet. Or maybe the excitement of doing something new for fitness is starts to slowly drop down. So we like to make sure that we keep up with them around the six month mark. So that's really big too. Um, and then obviously taking care of them when they're in the door, caring about them besides the one hour time frame, like actually 
asking about their life. And we really want to build a relationship piece. So that's where our coaches like to spend time with our members as well as, you know, Justin and I, so that's really important. Um, but yeah, for the most part, we do, everyone struggles retention, right? Adults come and go and we get that. Like we've done a lot of different things to try to help with our retention. And, and we do see um, a turnover rate. Like maybe we gain 15, we lose 50% of them, right? So Zen Planner, our tracking system, I can see up to three years ago, who has signed up three years ago and out of 15 people, how many of them have stayed in, in the month of September or whatever, so that's really good. I want to be able to see that we're at least 50% um, at the six month mark or more. And so if we can get them past the six month, usually it's either less than six months or three plus years. There's really not a lot of in between those, those pieces. Um, so that's where we try to really take care of them and try to get them to win as much as we can for those first six months of their, of their uh, 12 month agreement. Yeah, giving, giving client wins as often as possible is a really good way to feel good about what you're doing, which also turns into them staying around longer. So I think that's yeah. a win for yeah. you as an owner, it's a win for a coach, because if your goal is to keep them coming, one, because it's good for the health of the business, but more importantly, it's good for their health. And you just build in all these wins for them. You're just setting everybody up for success, right? And in, whether it's by design or not, it's a win for the coach. It's a win for the business. It's a win for the client. So you really can't lose if that's your goal, regardless. I mean, the black and white outcome will tell you that it's good, but who's ever going to feel bad about a percentage point off one way or the other. If that's, if that's what motivates you, if that's the premise of it. Yeah. And I think just showing that you care and things like getting your members to track their workouts. So like Zen Planner does a great job or any software out there that any coach follows, like using the calendar, getting members actually track their workouts so they can see personal records. And then once every two months, we, we have, we're fortunate enough to have an in-body machine. So once every two months, we take our members through on a Thursday, that's like kind of our open gym day if we ever program it. But we want everyone to go on the in-body machine and it gives us an opportunity to find out how they're sleeping, how they're eating. So we can get those little different progress points to help with people. And then we have a great nutrition coach as well. So it's like, we want to try to make sure we're getting them to buy into the lifestyle of what we're doing. So that way, no matter what, let's say, you know, something bad happens in their life and they lose a job or whatever, instead of cutting fitness, they're going to cut cable, you know, and we want them to love it that much to where no matter what, they're going to stick with uh, their gym membership. I mean, can't go wrong doing that, right? If you, if you make it some part of somebody's life, it's going to benefit everybody all around in the long run. So can't yeah. poke any holes in that argument. Wouldn't want to. I mean, the, the process is, the process is, is, is not, it's simple, right? But it's, it's not easy either because you have to be disciplined. That's where, myself as who I am and structure and routine, like that's where it's worked well for, for Justin and I, right? Like every Wednesday, every Wednesday, I'm doing those, those follow-ups and just, I think it just shows people that we care, you know, especially when you get a, a message from a coach that, Hey, why aren't you coming to the gym? What's going on? And you can dig a little bit deeper into their lifestyle. Oh, I got a divorce or something's going wrong with my, you know what I mean? You can really find out what people go through. So that way you know how to take care of them when they do come back to the gym. Absolutely.
Words of wisdom, sir. And no, no surprise that you've made it this long and continue to grow. I look forward to seeing where one gym goes in the future. We are out of time for today. Before I let you go, just give us uh, social media handles, website, anywhere people can find you, find one gym uh, and check this thing out. Yeah. Um, personally, social media, I'm terrible, but you can follow me on it. If you search for Trevor Baxter, you'll, you'll find me, but uh, on Facebook or, or Instagram, but uh, our, our social media platforms for the gym is one gym Elkhorn. Um, you can find us at one gym Elkhorn for Instagram as well. And Facebook one gym Elkhorn. Um, we're pretty popular in those two categories. Fantastic. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. You are very welcome, sir. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. I hope you found this useful, educational, entertaining. I hope you rewind it, play this thing back one or two times. There's a reason Trevor and his team have been around for this long. Definitely get some of that knowledge. If you want to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you as soon as they drop. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. We'd love to talk about you, your business, how you're changing lives in your community. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.